This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to the Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We are still in Las Vegas at the stadium where Patriots had a chance. They had a chance to win this game, but could not. Mark, how do you feel about it? Well, Chris, I feel like the Patriots should be on to 2024. Uh, this team is toast. They are one in five with matchups with Buffalo and Miami next. I predict they will start the season one in seven. I feel like we have we're, we are witnessing the uh, final chapter in the Bill Belichick era here with the Patriots, and there's going to be a lot of changes. So how do I feel? I mean, personally, I feel good. Uh, Las Vegas has been, you know, sort of fun. We survived Saturday night out here. and But you can't say the same for the Patriots, you know. What they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, that's not true. What happened here tonight was just another sort of microcosm of everything that is wrong with the Patriots and their offense. Yeah, I think 1-7 looks like a virtual certainty now moving forward where they're going to get Buffalo next week, and they've never been able to stop Josh Allen, and nothing about this year's team gives me confidence that they can keep up in a track meet. So, yeah, I mean, I do think you start looking at 2024 now where this is one that they absolutely had to have. And I think the final score, 21-17, is kind of indicative of the game where I really didn't think the Raiders were particularly good. The Patriots just were that much worse. Yeah, we, we we heard all week from Bill Belichick and some players about starting over, starting over, starting over. I mean, the team's first offensive snap was a penalty. Their second snap, there was a penalty. They essentially went three and out the first two drives of the game. We saw another horrendous Mac Jones interception where he tried to do too much. We saw another game where the Patriots fell into a double-digit deficit in the first quarter. I mean, they didn't start over, Chris. They did exactly what they've been doing for these first, you know, six games here. Yeah, I think it's exactly the same. And I think the last drive was pretty much the perfect microcosm for that, where, you know, you get the ball back, down two points with a chance. All you need is a field goal. You're at your own nine-yard line. No timeouts, but over two minutes left, so plenty of time. First down, you hit Ramondre, short pass. Second down, holding penalty. You're backed up. So now you're looking at second and 11. You hit Devontae Parker has at least one step, if not two steps, down the left sideline. Mac Jones throws a perfect ball, goes like 45 yards in the air, and it hits right off Parker's hands. He can't bring it in. That moment, that moment right there shows you what's wrong with the Patriots. That moment in the in the next two plays that happened after that, including a game securing safety for the Raiders, shows you the problem here with this team, Chris. Right. Their offensive line is brutal. It needs to be blown up. They don't have a legit pass catching option. Devontae Parker signed an extension this summer. He's paid to make those plays. He claims to hit him on the fingertips. There's no excuses for him. It's it's a it was a devastating moment. And right when that happened, you knew. You knew the Patriots weren't weren't going to win this game. And then what happens next is the pass rush got to Mac Jones, like lightning quick, two plays in a row. I think he got flagged for a delay game because he like was a grounding or something. No, he got he got a delay flag. Yeah, a, a delay flag. Lost control there. And then but ultimately the safety, too, I think is such an indictment where if you watch that replay, they have Mike Jasicki trying to chip Max Crosby. Yes. He's not a blocking tight end. He whiffs badly on the chip. So then you just have Vidarian Lowe one-on-one on on Max Crosby. Like, how do you think that's going to go? And the other issue 
is that Mac Jones had Ramondre Stevenson open about five yards in front of him. Now it's what, third and 11? 15 after I'm the sorry, delay. Third and 15. I understand he's thinking push the ball over 15, but you still have fourth down. And the worst thing that could happen is you take a sack in the end zone. So what Mac should have done, instantly hit Ramondre Stevenson, let him gain a few yards, and you get one more attempt. But as we've seen all season, when Mac is pressured, he makes the wrong decisions. He's he's not great under pressure, which is tough when you have probably the worst offensive line in the NFL. And it's interesting that after this game, I think the discourse is like, oh, you know, Mac was kind of fine where he did. That was a great ball to Devontae, and the discourse is different if he catches it. But the discourse is also entirely different if uh, that Raiders linebacker, 41, holds on to that should have been pick on the drive beforehand. Like, he could have thrown another pick six that hit right off a linebacker's hands, and Ty Montgomery kind of slapped it away a little. But that could have been going the other way, and then you're looking at an entirely different, like, okay, now Mac threw two brutal picks. I mean, the one to Hunter was just like, what what are we doing here, buddy? Going thrown across your body, off your back foot, after you've already run out of the pocket, you're not even stepping into the throw. And the worst part about that was Hunter Henry was actually open. So Hunter Henry, it was like a scramble play. Hunter's running towards the sideline. Instead of throwing it to the sideline, Mac threw it where Hunter started running from. Like, did he expect Hunter to just stand still? No one does that in the NFL. It was just, it was an example of Mac losing his mind. You know, Chris, the first three games this year, he had two interceptions, five, five touchdowns. He still has five touchdowns, and in the past three, he has six interceptions. That's not getting it done. That throw felt like if you're at the Y playing hoops, and you know that guy that's just chucking threes, just like, oh, Kobe. Yeah. Like, no, no, that's not going to land. Um, no, he's he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. Certainly not. What do you think of the backup quarterback decision? How would you, like, first of all, just dive into Malik Cunningham's day and then the way they've kind of gone about doing this entire thing? Patriots clearly don't like Bailey Zappi and they don't feel great about Will Greer. If they did feel great about either of those backups, they probably would have started today. Um, what Bill Belichick did was make Malik Cunningham his backup quarterback and make Bailey Zappi their emergency third quarterback. It was fascinating to me because clearly this offense needs a spark. They thought Malik Cunningham might be able to give it to him. He played by my count. It was two snaps of quarterback. Mm-hmm. He handed the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson. It was like a draw play. And then he got sacked because, you know, the, the offensive line absolutely got obliterated. I fe- I liked it, Chris, because it showed at the very least the Patriots are trying something new. This offense is the worst in the NFL. Hey, you know what, though? You might as well get a mobile quarterback back there. Act like he's your, you know, Taysom Hill sort of type of player and change things up. I liked it. It didn't work. I would just be fascinated to know where Malik would be right now if he had just been playing quarterback the whole time where they put so much on this kid's plate, where he's primarily playing wide receiver during the week, does some scout team quarterback, is also trying to learn the kicking game, which he obviously never did as a D1 quarterback. You know, he he was never a gunner at Louisville. They're asking him to do so much and then just kind of throwing him right into the fire. Um, I I like the idea behind it. You know, I I like the red zone package and even like the direct direct snap to Zeke where Malik started in the backfield in motion wide, like, Great. Make your offense more diverse, more difficult to defend. You know, the more you can do because they're just so one dimensional. But here's the thing. Bill Belichick asked after the game if uh, the, like the reason he signed Malik Cunningham to the 53 man roster, he said because they had a lot of injuries. So I'm like, wait, because you had a lot of injuries, 
was the reason you signed Malik, not because you thought he could give you a spark. It just, it, it I thought it was a poor answer among yeah. many poor answers by, by Bill Belichick. And, and Chris, at this point, I think this is going to be a continued theme here throughout our podcast this season, but it feels to me like one, Bill Belichick has lost his team, but two, it feels like this is the end, right? It, it feels like this is, this is the last go for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a total rebuild, and I don't know how you bring him back as the guy to rebuild. You know, there's been nothing in this season, or really since Brady left, that's shown you that he can be a forward-thinking offensive coach the way the league is trending. It's just not happening. These offenses have been bad year after year after year. And I want to point this out, everyone. All the Patriots had to do, all the Patriots had to do in this game to win was limit Brian Hoyer and his offense to three points in the second half, and they failed to do that. I don't think it's hard. I don't think it would have been hard for most teams to shut out Brian Hoyer, the backup quarterback, was only because Jimmy Garoppolo got injured. I don't think it'd be hard for many teams to shut him out in two quarters. But Brian Hoyer comes out slinging it. There was a 48-yard bomb to a rookie by the name of Trey Tucker. That sets up a field goal. And then the next time it was again, he hit Devontae Adams for 22. And then the offense, the Patriots defensive line failed and Josh Jacobs ran for a gain of 18, another field goal. Those six points ended up being the difference because you know the Patriots score a touchdown and it's 17-19. I mean, they entered the half down 13 to 10. And with Jimmy G going to the hospital for precautionary reasons, I said, man, this is actually breaking for the in the Patriots' favor. All they had to do with, don't get me wrong, a depleted defense, because they have injuries. But you're playing a team that just lost their starting quarterback, and it's Brian Horat. Chris, I thought that was a big indictment on Bill Belichick as well, because this is supposed to be a defensive-heavy roster, and you couldn't stop Brian Hoyer. But you still ultimately just needed 20 points to beat Brian Hoyer on offense, where if you take the safety off the board there, they scored 19. the Raiders scored 19 points on offense. You, your offense should be able to top that. The Raiders' defense isn't particularly impressive. They have one very good pass rusher. But your offense is just so dull and plodding where when they were down 19 to 10 early in the fourth quarter, they got the ball back. And it's like, okay, obviously they need a scoring drive. The scoring drive was 10 minutes and it was only extended because of a boneheaded roughing the passer call on Crosby and a third down hold that gave him an automatic first down. They they have no explosive plays. And I do think it should be noted that the Raiders came to this game with a season high 18 points scored. And they, you know, they bested that. It's, it's been two weeks in a row now. The Patriots have played two teams who have scored a season-high points, the Saints and the Raiders, against you. And both the Saints and the Raiders have mediocre offenses, which brings you to another point. Man, we've hit the point in New England. The Patriots are the cupcakes. They're the cupcake on the schedule. The Saints went out today, and they lost to the Houston Texans. The Raiders have been struggling, but they get back on track with the Patriots. The Patriots are the lowest of the low right now it's 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 fascinating this is the worst start in new england was since 1995 you know it, for those who remember the patriots in the early 90s it was it was abysmal and they didn't they didn't really have a quarterback and you know things changed a little bit when they got the number one pick and drew Bledsoe. but chris what's going to change here if the patriots don't get a top two or, or top three pick in the nfl draft how how difficult is it going to be for someone, I don't know if it's Bill Belichick, for someone to turn this thing around? I feel like this is a major rebuild and a yeah. major project. It's going to be incredibly difficult because you need help everywhere on offense. It's not like you can really pinpoint like, oh, well, they're just they're just a quarterback away. They're not just a quarterback away if you look at their entire offense. And that's what makes this year's draft even that much more head scratching where it's like you didn't pick an offensive player until the fourth round when you had these issues coming into the season. And Chris... 
know what they did pick in the draft? They picked guards, lots of three, actually. Yeah. Three out of four picks in the fourth and fifth round were interior offensive linemen, Jake Andrews, City So, and at Tony Mafi. And what do you need right now? You need backup offensive linemen because Michael went on Cole Stranger hurt. But the problem is your draft picks are not playing well at all. Antonio Mafi and City So don't look like starting caliber guards. They played really poor. And I think that's just an indictment of more poor roster management, poor drafting. It's not hard to find a starting guard in the fourth round. The Patriots basically drafted three of them, and you don't have one. I mean, so you can sit there and say, oh, well, when it was hurt, Strange was hurt. There's injuries in the offensive line. You drafted three of them, Bill. You drafted three of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to kill them for being good historically at drafting good round guards where it's like kind of flipping it. But that also just makes the Cole Strange pick that much more head scratching where it's like you did have some success with the mid round guys. Then you went, you reached for the kid from Chattanooga in the first round. Like, okay, there just doesn't seem to be any vision, which that's my biggest issue with this team and this roster right now. What is the vision on offense? Like, what was this team supposed to be? And is it is it supposed to be like a 2001 ground and pound middle of the field team? Because guess what? Those don't really exist anymore. And defenses are smart enough to make you adapt yes. where they can just flood the middle of the field against Mac Jones because he's been the worst quarterback in the league at trying to throw outside the numbers. You know, yep. there's enough data out there. There's enough research going into this stuff that the guys on defense are getting paid too. defense coordinators are pretty smart guys. And clearly this Patriots offense just has no like long-term vision for what they want to be. So what they wanted to be, my take is they wanted to be a run heavy unit with a quarterback who makes smart decisions. So, you know, with Bill O'Brien, I think the Patriots thought Mac Jones would go back to what he was in 2021, you know, a top 15 type guy who makes fine decisions and doesn't hurt you. That's been the opposite. And they wanted to run the ball behind Ramondre Steven and Ezekiel Elliott. The problem is, their offensive line is so bad, it's put you in a situation where you cannot really run the ball that efficiently. That being said, they had some success today. But furthermore, I think we're seeing a situation where Mac Jones looks broken. We've seen it three games in a row now. You know, at this point, it 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 seems fairly clear to me that Mac Jones isn't the guy for the Patriots going forward. I, I think that maybe he'll find success in the NFL. I'd be surprised if it was in New England. However, Chris, I think you kind of have to roll with him. I think you have to give him the rest of the year just to play this thing out. If, if for anything, maybe try to drive up some of his uh, dr- his trade stock. They're not. I don't think they're going to start Will Greer or, or Bailey Zappi. I think the unfortunate truth here is Mac Jones gives you the best chance to win. It's just their offense is horrible. Well, do they want to win moving forward now? Where is it time to look at like legitimately tanking and? You're going to need an impact player. Like, I don't know how high you're going to get, but if you look at these next two scheduled losses, you're one and seven. What good does it do to keep trotting Mac Jones out there? Don't you want to see maybe Will Greer shows you something? I don't think you're going to see much more from Zappy. Malik Cunningham could be really interesting. You have no idea who your backup is going to be long term right now. You know, that's how you end up with Jones as the only quarterback on the roster after training camp. So I don't think you need to have any loyalty to him long term here where. He's not playing well, and like, why not see what else you have? You know who your backup might be long term, Mac Jones. Um, I, although I will say this, I, I think the Patriots should try to trade Mac Jones this off season and, and draft a quarterback and, and sign a veteran. What, what do you think you could get for him right now? I think they would probably hope for a mid round pick. But if you're another, like hypothetically, you're Dave Ziegler, you're Josh McDaniels. Josh likes Mac Jones, had success with Mac Jones. Would you take a flyer on him? for like, say, a fourth-round pick? 
no, because I think his value is so low that you could probably get him for a sixth or something. So I I don't I don't disagree with you. I think if you're the Patriots, you know, I, I think they stick with Mac. And I think the reason they don't go to Will Greer and, and Bailey Zappi also is because although it would make you worse and get you a better draft pick, it's not how Bill Belichick operates. He's he's not going to tank. What what would be interesting to me though is if they actually sold off some of their would be free agents. You know, would they trade Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Trent Brown, Michael Wenu, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Mike Kosecki? There, there's a lot of guys in there that other teams were contenders might give you draft picks for. I just, the one that jumped out there is Trent. Like, I can't imagine what this offensive line would look like without <laughs> him out there, too, where it's like, oh, my word. Um, I, I do think you're going to start making some phone calls, though. There's some names that you mentioned that I absolutely wouldn't want to trade. Like, I think Kyle Duggar is somebody that you should really keep around. I think Mike Onwenu has been really good, and you should keep him around, too. You know, I think those are guys that you can keep, and you'll be, you know, maybe they're along for a bit of the rebuild, but long-term, they're still going to be good players by the time that you're back in contention. Where others, like um, the older veterans that you mentioned, it's like, yeah, no, that makes more sense. If you, There's only, you know, there's only so much juice left, and there's no, you're not going to... You're not going to sign Trent Brown to like a five-year contract. You know what I think the Patriots should do? If I was the Patriots and I was Bill Belichick and I was Robert Kraft and every guy's in the front office, I would say we need to play our younger players to see who we have and who are the building blocks. And I'm talking Kayshawn Booty, a guy who's been inactive a lot since week one. Pop Douglas, when he returns from his concussion, the concussion protocol, Pop Douglas should start for you and play major, major snaps. I think on defense, um, you should continue to start Keon White. I think you should play Marte Mapumore. I mean, hell, on the offensive line, maybe even try a city so at right tackle. And the reason I say this is I think you need to see what you have in terms of building blocks for the future because really outside of Christian Gonzalez, I can't name a player who I think will be here in four years or five years. Like really, in five years, who is still here in New England? I think it's Christian Gonzalez. They'll exercise a fifth-year option. I don't know if it'll be anyone else. Maybe Bryce Barringer. That's, that's <laughs> where I'm at. Yeah, at this point, I think uh... – I don't know. Ryland, Ryland kicked well today. Maybe, maybe he sticks around. Um, but yeah, there isn't, there aren't a ton of building blocks on this team right now. And that's again, just an indictment on bill where the roster is so devoid of talent, especially young talent that you want to keep around long-term. I know we've harped on the 2022 draft class before, but there's nobody there that I look at like, Oh, he's definitely a keeper. He's going to stick around. I mean, no. Hey, Taekwon Thornton played today and caught a pass, so that's something. But Taekwon Thornton had a very Taekwon Thornton day where yeah. he caught one pass for six yards, which, you know, at, at the receiver position, it's not hard to stick out when you're someone who's going to be really, really good. George Pickens last year was very good instantly. Look right now in Baltimore, Zay Flowers is a good receiver. You, you see him playing well. Taekwon Thornton has received a lot of snaps, you know, over the last year, despite being on the IR twice. He just hasn't had any big games or big wow moments for a guy who runs like a 42840. I just for the Patriots, they're gonna head into the offseason, Chris. They need probably a new quarterback, a new offensive line, new, maybe new receivers, mm-hmm. definitely maybe new tight ends too, because both guys are free agents. Free agents. So yeah. Um, but that's that's a lot. That's a lot to try to accomplish in in one year or one offseason. I think this is a sort of a long rebuild we're headed toward. Yeah, but I do think that is also why it makes sense to start selling pieces now and just, you know, try and stockpile draft picks because you just need young talent. You need to hit on some of these picks and that's how you're going to rebuild moving forward. You're not going to spend a ton in free agency and get a bunch of, you know, it's not going to be the 2001 Patriots where no, you just sign all these journeymen and it kind of works. And, you know, but that's just not, it's not going to work with this team. So Chris, we've, we've been doing this after games. It's getting hard. 
Gold stars. Do you have a gold star for this game? Oh, who would be my player of the game? Oh, obviously, Kendrick Bourne. Boom, I'm taking that from you. Good luck now. I took took the good one. I took the one that was like, yeah, this guy was really good today. Yeah, he took Kendrick Bourne. I'm going to give my gold star to Jacoby Myers because the Patriots should have resigned him and um, he'd be your number one receiver. Pretty clearly. Um, Honorable mention, Zeke Elliott. I thought he ran well. He didn't get a ton of touches, but... He looks like he's finding his stride. Yeah, I talked with him after the game. He told me that he was finally in game shape. You know, he, he's in good shape in the offseason despite being without a team for, you know, the entire entirety of the offseason until the end of August. But Zeke Elliott looked good, and Ramondre, he's good too. So the Patriots at least have two good players on offense. Um, beyond that, it's, it's up to anyone's guess. All right, that's where we'll leave you this week. Uh, thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.